Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Glad all of you are here today. My name is Drew Shelley. I'm one of the pastors here at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. If I haven't met you yet, I just want to offer my welcome as well and just say uh, how grateful for, grateful we are for your presence here and for the gift that, uh, that is worship, what a gift it is to be together. Let's pray before we begin. Oh God, we are thankful for your presence with us here in this place. We're thankful for your presence with us in every place. We pray that your Holy Spirit would move in a powerful way as we listen carefully to your voice speaking to us through the ages in these ancient words and what they mean for how we live today. Help us, O oh God, to hear what you have to say to us today. Help us to see Jesus in a new way. We pray this in his name. And together we say, Amen. We do uh, today, we do finish our work with breathing underwater. It's been about six weeks of uh, worship and preaching around this idea of the 12 steps of recovery and the gospel of Jesus Christ, how they can kind of inform each other and deepen uh, the whole experience of recovery for all of us, not just those who are recovering from addiction, but those of us who are also in recovery are trying to be in recovery from sin and brokenness in our lives. This whole thing's been very eye-opening for me. Um, I've, I've encountered the gospel in a fresh and powerful way through our journey with these 12 steps. It's really been eye-opening. Today is Transfiguration Sunday, as you heard Andrew talk about. Every year, we come to this story, the Transfiguration. It's Jesus transfigured on the mountain. We hear it again today as we prepare our hearts for Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent that is to come. Let's, let's hear the story from Luke chapter 9, beginning in the 28th verse. Let's hear together the word of God. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus has been teaching, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking about his departure, which, was about to, which he was about to accomplish in, at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings 
one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from this cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. Now, this story didn't really come out until after Jesus was raised from the dead. Clearly, Luke has heard Peter, James, or John, or all three tell this story around a campfire sometime after everything else happened with Jesus. However, Luke heard it, it has become a pivotal moment for people of faith These folks, Peter, James, and John, and Jesus, they're just going to the mountain to pray, a very normal thing for them to do, to just go to pray. While Jesus is praying, Peter, James, and John are nearly asleep. Anybody else been nearly asleep while you're trying to pray? Lift a hand if you've been nearly... Come on now, lift a hand. Yes, we all know about being nearly asleep while we're trying to, to, to pray. Their eyes are open just enough to notice Moses and Elijah appear with Jesus. Now, how in the world did they know that was Moses and Elijah? Did they have a picture? Uh, Did they look them up on Facebook? I don't know how they knew it was Moses. They just knew it's Moses and Elijah here with Jesus. Somehow they knew. There is glory. There's a cloud. There is talk about Jesus' death and Jerusalem. Peter, James, and John scramble to, to try and hold on to this moment with both hands. They just want to hold on to this holy moment that's unfolding in front of them. We know about trying to hold on to those holy moments of life that unfold in front of us. Peter says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let us hurry and make three dwellings or three tents for you, Moses, and Elijah. They're trying to prolong this experience to get the great ones to stay for supper. I'm sure they had questions for Moses and Elijah, and I'm sure they wanted to hear Jesus say much more about what's going on. Peter is interrupted by a voice from the cloud. This is my son, my chosen. Older manuscripts say, this is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. Listen to him. All at once, they are left alone with Jesus. You can bet that Peter, James, and John see Jesus in a new way, can't you? They see Jesus in a new way. Moses, the law, Elijah, the prophet, Jesus, they're all there together. Jesus is clearly no longer just the Messiah. He is the very Son of God, and he is with them. Where is Jesus when everything is all over? It's all happened. Jesus is with them there on the mountain. When we finish today, we may all see Jesus in a new way. The title of our sermon, which I usually don't talk much about, the title of our sermon is Only a Suffering God Can Save Us. Only a Suffering God Can Save Us. One of the most unique elements of our Christian faith is the role of God within human suffering. God put on flesh and came to live among us. This same God in Jesus chose the way of suffering and weakness to show, to demonstrate his power to create life out of all kinds of death. The invitation to true Christianity is actually 
we find in the scriptures, an invitation to follow Jesus along a path which leads to suffering, pain, a cross, death, and then to resurrection, which then invites us to go back and walk the path again and again, always seeing who we can get to join us on this journey of life. Twelve steppers know all about this pattern of living. Twelve steppers know this journey. Now, all of this is a great mystery, okay? It is a lot to take in. It's hard to talk about, especially in our world of uh, what I call bumper sticker Christianity. If you can't say it in 35 characters or less, it can't be said. You got to have it on a bumper sticker or it's not going to get communicated very well. You just try. Go ahead and try. Explain the transfiguration of Jesus on a bumper sticker. See what you go. You got 10 seconds. Doesn't work, does it? Put, put the incarnation, God in human flesh, put that on a bumper sticker. Can you do that? Can you put, no, what about the Trinity? Let's put the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's explain that on a t-shirt without breaking any theological rules. Can you do that? No, we can't do that. It's too much. It's just way too much. We all realize that the Christian faith is way more than what we can put on a bumper sticker. The problem is that many folks out there only see our bumper stickers. And many of us in here look a little bit too closely at the bumper stickers too, always trying to find the right bumper sticker. When we do that, Jesus becomes all sorts of things to us. Jesus becomes our cosmic sugar daddy, okay? Jesus becomes our get out of hell free card. You ever got a get out of hell free? You need a get out of hell free card. That's what Jesus becomes when we try to condense all this stuff into a bumper sticker. Goodness, that's what happens. Jesus becomes our best friend who loves us and somehow requires nothing from us. That's not right. Something happens, something always happens to rock our boat and we realize our desperate need for a God who is both with us and so much more than us. It might be addiction, it might be sin, it might be brokenness, or it might just be life, plain old life with all of its struggle and pain and suffering. It might be that too that rocks our boat and causes us to look more deeply at our faith. Last week, I went to see our sister, Pat McIntosh, it's been a, a delight to get to know Pat these nearly three years. But Pat was diagnosed with Alzheimer's right in the middle of the pandemic. You who know Pat, you may not know that about her. Hers has been progressing very quickly. She and Dave, her husband, made the painful decision to check her into Stones River Memory Care about two weeks ago. Dave called me after she was settled in there and, and asked if I would go. He said, Pat wants to see you. Would you go see her at Stones River? So I certainly said I would. Uh, getting into memory care units can be a little bit tricky, okay? Have you ever visited in a memory care unit? You, you got to get checked in, okay? You got to go through a door with a code. Somebody's got to let you in. The people who work, work there always want to check you out and make sure you're not there to take advantage of somebody. So you got to go through all that. So getting into the memory care unit is, is tricky. Getting out of the memory care unit, that's even more tricky, okay? You have to know a code to get out of the memory care unit. You better know that code or you're not going to get out of that memory care unit, and you better know it ahead of time or bad things can happen. I, I once almost had a panic attack at Cookville. I, I got into 
a memory care unit. I got in just fine, but I realized I didn't have the code to get out. I couldn't find a nurse. I was done with my visit trying to leave. I couldn't find a nurse. I didn't have my phone. Couldn't read. There were no instructions anywhere around. I didn't know what I was going to do. I looked around and I saw a dozen people walking, shuffling, and sliding up to me with great hope on their faces. Every one of them thinking, maybe this dummy will open the door and leave the gate open <laughs> so we can get out. I was terrified. I really was scared. I thought, I'm going to be trapped in here the rest of my life. Just then, an ancient old man, he was about 113, he, he whispered in my ear, the code is 5212. I can't punch it in, but maybe you can. <laughs> I did punch it in, and I got out. I had to push precious people back in the door, which is a horrible thing for a preacher to have to do. I had to push them back in and close the door. I got out. I got out. I didn't go back for a long time. I got out, but for their own well-being, they could not get out, could they? They could not. Pat is in a place like that, beautiful, clean, as nice as you could want, but not any place that any of us wants to be. I walked down a long hall. I saw Pat walking away from me, talking with a, a new friend. Pat has developed that walk that people get as the Alzheimer's starts to progress, that little bit of a shuffle. And I, I saw her and I thought, oh my goodness, oh, this is moving too quickly. She may not know who I am even though she asked me to come over here. But, but she did, she did. I got to her and she introduced me to her new friend, her, her neighbor there. She, she called her her fellow inmate. <laughs> she introduced me to her and then we went to see her apartment and have a little talk. Pat is in that strange place where she still knows what is going on some of the time, not all of the time, but some of the time. She was, two Thursdays ago, processing her lot in life. She asked me some very tough questions about faith, about life, and about the suffering, which she knows is going to just get worse, so much worse. She was crystal clear on that afternoon as we had our conversation. She said, she said, I know where I am going. I know everything will be all right. I know all of that. I don't need to talk about any of that. I need for you to talk to me about how God will be with me now. How God will be with me now in this place. How will God be with me when I forget who you are? when I forget why I'm here, when I forget my family, when I forget who Dave is, when I forget who I am, how will God be with me then? Will I forget God? What will God do when I say things I don't mean and do things I don't do? And, and why is this happening to me? I have always just wanted to help people and I've tried to do that. Now, who can I help in here? What will my ministry be in this place? Pat unfurled a banner of questions which no preacher can ever answer. Honestly, I, I, I could barely speak. I was shaken, not because of a lack of faith or the unanswerable questions. There was no lack of faith, and Pat was asking all the right questions, the questions of any thinking person. I was shaken because there we sat in the very presence of some of the darkest suffering that people can ever experience. Pat, getting ready to take her first steps into the great unknown.
I can't go with her. Dave can't go with her. None of us can go with her. We can go beside her, but we can't go with her. Nobody can go with her except for God who promises to do exactly that. Still, all I could think was, God, why Pat of all people? Why Pat? Why is she? I have a list of other people that this would be a suitable thing for, to have happen to, but not Pat. Certainly not Pat. We see today Jesus transfigured on the mountain. We see Jesus disfigured on the cross. His poor, lifeless body having suffered all the indignities of suffering and death, torture and death. We see God Almighty hanging there, suffering, dying alone for a world which decided it did not have time for God's hopes and dreams. We wonder, why, why doesn't God just snap God's fingers and make everything perfect? We wonder why God allows all sorts of horrible things to happen. We wonder, we wonder why so many bad things happen. We sometimes, we, we want God to be that divine puppet master controlling everything until we realize that that isn't love, that's control. And that's a very different thing. God is interested in loving the whole of creation back to life, which means slow, patient work, wooing us, gracing us, loving us, until we become able to truly love God, to love self, and to love our neighbors. In the meantime, life is hard. It is full of questions and confusion. It is filled with pain and fraught with suffering. We are all a mess. We hurt each other even when we don't want to. God's heart breaks. We want God to do something. What does God do? Somehow God has taken all human suffering into God's self in Jesus. So much so that we can trust that Pat will know what that means as Jesus walks this with her. So much so that even as we begin our stumbling, fumbling recoveries from sin and selfishness, God holds even us and we can feel it every single day, so much so that even the most horrible of human suffering can be redeemed or bought back by Jesus. All our suffering, even that which is unexplainable and unnecessary, is taken in by Jesus, who chooses to walk it out with us because he is the only one who can and because he insists that none of us will ever go it alone. That's the Jesus we're talking about today. Pat and I sat in silence for a long time. I had no words for her. The preacher was silent as we sat in that darkness. Finally, she began to speak. She said, I am praying every day that God will show me who I can help in this place. Right now, I can walk with them and talk with them even when their minds are gone. Mine's still here part of the time. I can use that. Later on, I may just be able to nod or hold a hand or take a walk, but I can do that. Even later, I pray that I can just be peaceful and have a smile on my face for those who bathe me and change my clothes. And I pray that I will always be kind and gentle. Oh, I know. I know I will get lonely a special kind of lonely, but I will never be alone, will I? Jesus says, Lo, I am with you always, 
even to the end of the age. I will hang on to that. I will hang on to that. Preacher, would you come and tell me that when I forget? Would you come and remind me? I don't have all the answers to life's questions. Nobody really does. We're living through craziness like I never could have imagined. The world is changing all around us. The, the institutional church that has made me feel so safe and happy is collapsing under its own weight. That's just what's happening all around us every day. People are out for blood at every turn for every little thing. A war has begun, and they're playing loud music in Ukrainian kindergartens so the little ones don't have to hear the bombs. What in the world is going on in a world like that? We have even created an image of Jesus which does exactly what we want when we want it, and we've started worshiping that one. I have a theological heart attack every day when I think about that. What are we doing? What do we do with this broken world in which we live? Well, Pat reminded me what we do. She reminded me two Thursdays ago about what we need to know. You know what happened as I sat there with Pat. She introduced me to the real Jesus again, the one whom we meet in the scriptures. I remembered again how much I love that Jesus. I want you to love that Jesus too. He doesn't give all the answers. He doesn't fix everything on my timeline. And just when I think I've got my stuff all together, he tells some story to mess it up all over again. But when the chips are down and everything is going to hell in a handbasket, Jesus is the one who walks with us all the way, never leaving, never forsaking. Jesus is the one who suffers with who suffers with, so that we may all truly live. Perhaps in knowing that, we find the true depth of our salvation. We see Jesus in a different way. Those with eyes to see, let them see. Amen. As we stand and worship the Lord, Please know that these prayer rails are open for you to come and pray for whatever you might need to pray for. Just let one of the pastors know. They'll be happy to pray with you if you'd like that. We all need to be praying for Ukraine and others who are suffering in those ways. And if you're here with big questions, know that this is a safe place for those big questions. If you're here looking for the real Jesus, the one we find in the scriptures, we're all about finding him and sharing life with each other. Would you stand and let's worship together?